You're listening to Sound the Foghorn, the Minnesota Wild podcast made by fans for fans. For Kaprizov, back to Zuccarello, back to Kaprizov, he scores! Covering team news, prospect analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, advanced stats, and much more. Back to Kaprizov, he scores! And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki. Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn, Brett Marshall, the now legal age Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki back with you after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, apologies on that. Um, if you followed me on Twitter, um, you know I had a, a death in the family uh, and with the holidays around that and then Zeke's birthday following that. Um, and just busy times. We've uh, we've had other commitments to tend to in the past couple weeks, but we are back, hopefully, on a normal schedule now. So we appreciate you being patient, appreciate the well wishes. I'm sure Zeke appreciates the birthday wishes sent his way as well. We hope you all had a wonderful holiday, but we are excited to be back. I think it's been like three weeks, so uh, we'll have more than enough to talk about. But before all that, uh, got to check in with everyone. Zeke, we'll go to you first, man. 21st birthday. You know, barely in the rearview mirror here. How was it? How you doing tonight? Yeah, no, you know, it was great. Like, uh, I mean, I said on Twitter, it was great, aside from the outcome of the, you know, the Wild game that night. But, you know, any as I said, uh, talk to someone anytime. You get to hang out at the rank all night with my dad. It's a great night. And, you know, it's just a really good birthday overall. Just come back from our – my trip was on like that. Uh, just to, to be back home is really great. And, uh, yeah, the last couple of days I've been off work today and tomorrow, which is perfect with the snow so i haven't had to drive thank god so yeah no uh, i've been doing very good had a lot of fun these last few weeks for sure yeah winter's wrath is uh definitely back and punching minnesotans in the face yeah, after like a little got. tease of a couple warm days <laughs> uh justin how about you man how was the holiday the kids get some cool presents from santa how did it all go with the baki household yeah it was it was really good i had uh, actually a little bit of pto so i had some extra days off my oldest is on winter break so I just spent a bunch of time with the family and, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, had a week off of hockey. So we just kind of got to hang out and chill. Uh, took them skating to a couple different outdoor rinks so I could get some ice time with them. And uh, we're back to watching them play hockey every weekend and, you know, just everything else that's going on uh, outside of him being not in school. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a really good holiday. I had a really good time. The kids had a blast and, uh, Looking forward to talking hockey again. Yeah, so let's do that. I mean, we apologize that this show seems all overboard because we kind of threw together our agenda about an hour before, but we'll try to hit on some of the main topics in the last three weeks, weigh in with our thoughts, and maybe take a look ahead here um, as we kind of round the corner into the second half of the season. Um, I think we're pretty close to halfway through. How many oops, mm-hmm. games have we played here? 36. Yeah, we're, you know, what is that? Five games away from the halfway. So we're pretty much the midway point of the season right now. So lots of things to talk about, evaluate, break down. Um, and we'll start as we always do with the prospect update, which we may uh, extend a little bit given that there's a little tournament going on. 
um, up in the Halifax area. The World Juniors going on, so we'll talk about the players there. Uh, before we get to those guys, Justin, we'll uh, we'll have you discuss the guys who maybe aren't playing uh, in the World Juniors. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of been a lot going on. I'll kind of touch on the things that uh, are um, kind of most recent. Uh, last weekend, Iowa swept Colorado, which is the Avalanche's minor league team. Uh, did fairly well there. Uh, they're losing tonight, which by the time you listen might be last night. Um, they were down 3-1 to one the last time I checked. Rossi had the only goal. Um, of course, we have a lot of guys having a you know, pretty good couple weeks stretches here um, outside of the World Juniors, which is going on too, which is that little bitty tournament we're talking about. Uh, we'll touch on that after uh, everything else. But uh, Vladislav, first off, um, he's having a pretty decent season in the KHL, 11 points in 25 games. Uh, picked up an assist today. Uh, it just seems like, even though it's about half, a little under half a point per game, it seems like his goals are really good wrist shots, and you know he's having a decent season over there. So uh, who knows what happens after he left Iowa to go over there? Maybe he ends up being trade bait or something. But uh, good to see him doing well over there. <clears throat> uh, next, we'll stay in the KHL. Uh, Murat, who's Nadinov? He's on a little bit of a hot streak. 11 points in his last 10 KHL games, four goals, seven assists. Uh, now has 25 total points in 44 games. It's uh, good to see him, you know, really going good off. production yeah. for a 20-year-old. Yeah, 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really very, very good production. Um, right. You know, start off slow, but really, really coming into his own. Yeah, it's good to see. Cause, you know, I remember in, <clears throat> earlier in the season he kind of got relegated to the fourth line, got his eight assistant captain stripped uh reasons i don't even know why but uh it's good to see him basically top two lines doing well and then like oh he's opponents. actually good yeah maybe, maybe we should <laughs> oh, play maybe him. We, yeah <laughs> we signed him to a three-year contract maybe we should try to use him yeah. uh, so is it one year left after this year on that yes yeah, yeah so perfect. hopefully he he'll be like 21 years old almost 22 by the time he can come over here which i feel like is perfect yeah, you know, just look at it about. yeah he's basically playing in iowa right now that's more yeah. or less what's happening so pretty much yeah uh next we'll move on to mr hunter hate he's been having himself a really good season ever since he's been traded to saginaw he had uh <clears throat> last game two goals one assist eight shots on goals went eight for 20 on the faceoffs which not great not terrible um most nights he has pretty decent phase-off numbers. Yeah, uh, I don't let, think yeah. even when they drafted him, it didn't sound like there was a no. ton of – like even from scouts right. at conference, you know, stick at center. It sounds like yeah. he'd stick at a wing. And, you know, the fact that he, you know, can come in and take a draw occasionally, you know, maybe like right. a Matt Boldy situation or, a, you yeah. know, a Zuccarello who occasionally hop in there. Got to love it. Yeah. So Right. It's like you face, center gets kicked out of the face-off. This guy can come in and take a, take exactly. a draw for him. Uh, but uh, ever – He's on an 11-game point streak right now. Ever since joining Saginaw, it's been 10 games. He has 18 points, just going bonkers. 27 points in 30 games, which means with uh, Barry, he had, what, 9 points in 12, 12 games? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. But uh, he's really blown up with, with Saginaw. Yeah, on a better team, getting better opportunities. And, you know, he was the guy, if you remember back to our – um, prospect ranking show, a guy that we thought was in for a breakout, and then we felt really mm -hmm. stupid when it wasn't happening. And then all of a sudden, oh, there it is. It just took <laughs> him getting yeah. on to a new team. Um, <laughs> and now he's blowing up the way we thought he would. So a friendly reminder 
um, and we'll talk about this maybe more in a little bit. Development isn't linear. Everyone develops different speeds. Sometimes it takes, you know, it might take a month or two for guys to get going. I mean, you look at a guy like Kuznetsov, you know, rough start to the year, yep. coming on late. Hate rough start to the year, coming on as of late. Um, always got to be patient uh, with all these guys. They're young guys, learning curves, all that good stuff. But definitely great to see um, a second-round pick really starting to find his groove. Um, Absolutely. I, I do wonder, you know, if this continues, if, um, you know, maybe we get a Caden Bangier situation, he gets a look, um, you know, for next year's World Juniors team because I believe he would still have eligibility. I believe so. I'd have to look into it, but I believe you're right. Uh, next, we'll move on to another player having a breakout year, uh, Mr. Kyle Masters. Speaking of Bankier, his teammate, um, he bang, banged home his sixth goal of the season last game, added an assist as well. Uh, he's, he's extended his point streak to seven games. Six of the seven games are multi-point games, 35 points in 33 games after having just, uh, what was it? I have it up right now. What did he have last year? It was like. It wasn't a lot. No, he had, uh, sorry, it was like 15 points in 68 games or something like that. He's already passed, <laughs> doubled his output from last year with like 40 games to go. Yeah, he uh, didn't even make our top 20 uh, prospects coming into the year. He was, I believe he was in the honorable mention category. Um, yeah. And, and Spoke Z tried to tell us all, like, yeah. hey, this Kyle Master guy is legit. And we didn't listen, and now we all look stupid because yep. uh, that type of production out of a defenseman um, is nuts. Granted, you know, it helps playing on, you know, a great team like Kamloops, right. but, yeah. I mean, he's the guy they're leaning on, and he's coming through. Um, just, Absolutely. again, just another guy that's an absolute breakout, um, and we will be sure to talk about him a little bit more uh, probably in the coming weeks on a, on a fun little episode as well. So, Yeah, and, and just like Bank here, he's getting used in all situations too, you know, Power play, penalty kill, five versus five, just everything. He's kind of being leaned on. Uh, I believe his first pairings. He's been first pairing most of the year. So, you know, just awesome, awesome to see. Uh, another guy that's kind of have a having a quiet, uh, good stretch here, Nikita Nesterenko. Uh, he picked up an assist in BC's last loss, last game. But uh, he's on a seven-game point streak, uh, kind of quietly doing well, uh, 15 points in – or 16 points in 17 games. And then, uh, yeah, we all know the World Juniors are going on. So that's kind of the prospect update beyond the World Juniors, which <clears throat> we had five players in, four are left, four teams are left, which means at least one of our guys is going to go home with a gold. Yeah, so. one uh, one wild prospect on each of the four remaining teams um, would have been that way to, uh, despite the result of the uh, Canada-Slovakia game last night. Servak Petrovsky had a chance – um, I think it was in the overtime um, and got stuffed twice by some really nice saves by Thomas Milich. One, I think, off the pad, and I think he got the glove on the second one, and Petrovsky was just staring at the ceiling. Um, a little <laughs> ironic because they were uh, teammates briefly um, during the Wilds prospect camp. Thomas Milich was an invite, um, someone I kind of low-key hoped they would maybe give a contract to. Um, never happened, so I think he will likely re-enter the draft this year as an overager. Um, so it could be another chance to the wild to draft him potentially, but um, just a fun little nugget there. But we can start with Petrovsky since he's the first one out. But I mean, he's a guy we've highlighted on this show uh, many times. The guy we were watching coming into the year is kind of a sneaky. You know, this guy might be better than what his draft stock sowed, and um, he's been off to a good start in the OHL. Yeah. Is that what he's playing? Yeah. I'm um, gonna continued in. You know, was kind of a go-to guy for Slovakia. I believe he finished the tournament with three points. 
if I recall correctly, and probably could have been more. Um, looked really good. Um, again, one of the guys they were leaning on, um, and that's you know saying a lot considering a lot of those big names they're leaning on. You know, guys are taking the top five of the draft or are you know projected top ten picks in the future, and this is a fifth round pick who's really come to his own this year. Um, was great to see that you know continue to carry over um, into a strong showing um, in the World Juniors. Yeah, I mean, uh, Judd Brackett does it again. Sixth round pick, like you sixth said. Sixth round pick, yeah. My bad. Yeah, uh, spot check was fifth. He's yeah, sixth. I always get those two mixed up for some reason. Um, but yeah, just he had so many other chances, and that overtime chance, just the ridiculous save by Canada's Milic. Uh, just he played really well. Of course, that one game he had two goals, which was, you know, he almost had his fourth hat trick of the season between the OHL and World Juniors. It's just, you know, I think uh, he's like 18 years old, and you know, see, you see him, you'll see him fill out his frame more. I think he's just going to continue to get better. Just uh, yeah, he was one of the youngest players in yeah. last year's draft too. So like, still plenty of runway for this kid to keep getting better and better. Yeah, definitely. So you know. Sad to see his tournament end, but uh, uh, he should have eligibility next year to make an impact for, for his team again. Yeah, and then let's move to that guy you mentioned next, David Spachek, who I think continue, you know, much like, you know, we maybe uh, didn't talk enough about Kyle Masters last year. Um, you know, David Spachek was a guy I think we all kind of wrote off as soon as he was drafted. The scouting reports, like, ah, this guy kind of... Doesn't do much. He's kind of slow. He's got an okay shot. Doesn't really defend really well. Um, and he was a pivotal piece um, of this tournament for the Czechs. Um, yeah. I believe he was playing alongside, was it Svozel? Yeah. Um, I think he was drafted by Columbus, who had an unbelievable tournament. They were the second pair, I believe. David Jiracek, I believe, who went also to Columbus. No. Was he New Jersey, maybe? He was a top three or four mm-hmm. pick I think this yeah. year he was on the top pair and then um Spachek onto the second pair great tournament for him um he's at what is it four point five points six uh six points five games six points five games um and the thing um some scouts have been saying you've really liked his defensive game as well um I believe some data being mainly tracked um, prior to last, I think the last game he played, he was um, top 10 among all blue liners um, in individual expected goals, meaning he's putting pucks on net. Um, I mean, this is a guy coming to the year I had zero expectations for, and I'm starting to wonder, like, man, do they have another, you know, is he a top four guy? No, maybe not, but is this a guy that, you know, might be able to fill in a third pair? Maybe. Um, he's had a really good year. He's, I think he's a huge. I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah, he's, he, he's a big boy, so... Um, we know the Wild love that size, and that's something, you know, a lot of these mm-hmm. other prospects maybe don't bring in the blue line. So, um, you know, much like Petrovsky, it's great to see these, you know, later round draft picks, you know, have great starts in the CHL, translate it over into a strong world junior, and, and to be a key piece um, on a good Czech team. Um, that I, they the ones that beat the U.S. or they beat Canada in the prelims? Around Robin. Yeah, they, they beat yeah. one of the two. Um, and I've looked really good and kind of been, you know, the, the, the sneaky – Mm-hmm. Um, sneaky good team in, in the world junior so far and spot check's been you know no no small part of that yeah i mean he's having a strong season in the queue too 26 points in 29 games it's just kind of transferring it to the world juniors uh something you love to see like i said i got these him and petrovsky mixed up a lot but you know another, another late round pick fifth rounder that is just making a big impact uh by the way he's six foot 174 i don't know how 
how true that is. <laughs> he looks bigger than yeah, uh, it feels like he's bigger than that. But, but uh, yeah, it's just <clears throat> you know great to see a player that maybe we didn't have on our radar make such a big impact and be you know a chance to play for one of the three medals still. Yeah, let's uh, let's go next to our home soil. Another defenseman um, playing at St. Cloud State this year, um, getting top pair minutes alongside uh, Luke Hughes, and that's Jack Peart. A um, couple points picked up so far in the tournament, um, getting a lot of minutes, as I mentioned, playing on that top line. The U.S. has been a team, you know, outside of one, you know, you know, one not necessarily bad loss, but a you know one loss they've but they've outshot, outplayed opponents. Peart's been on the ice for a lot of goals, contributed to a handful of goals. Um, really good to see him continue to to be leaned on. I think he's playing top pair at St. Cloud, being top pair at the World Juniors. So um, great to see him being worked in and, and continue to get those those big minutes. Um, you know, he's a guy I think we've penciled in as a potential either big part of this team's future in the blue line or potentially a very valuable trade piece um, somewhere down the line if his uh, if his path continues the way it's the way it's been. Yeah, uh, you know, seeing him get power play time and. <clears throat> yeah, he's just it's great to see all these, you know, kind of before we're like, oh man, our deep pool looks kind of thin. And then Men uh Brennan Manel leaves and we're like, what what's gonna happen here? Then they have a really strong couple drafts. Uh, last year they drafted a bunch of defensemen. It's awesome to see them all playing well at the World Juniors and you know, not just World Juniors, but their respective leagues too this season. Yeah, next up, uh, we can go to Canada. Caden Bankier, um, and playing fourth line minutes uh, for Canada. Um, and when you have Connor Bedard, you are going to get him on the ice as much as possible. So as a result, Bankier hasn't seen really a ton of ice time, but I think he was brought in in large part more to be a role player. Um, nothing really bad to say about Bankier. He just, you know, he hasn't got the opportunity that some of these others, you know, like Petrovsky, like Spotcheck. Um, you know, like those guys have seen and, you know, like Pierre has seen with Team USA. But, um, again, I think just the fact that, you know, after such a strong year in the in the Canadian Hockey League, he got recognized and he made the team out of camp. And, you know, he's been a part of, you know, arguably one of the strongest teams in this tournament, um, you know, and still is playing his role when possible. So uh, just been just been happy to, happy to see him there and, you know, cool when he actually does get on the ice. Absolutely. Yep, I don't have much to add to that. Just uh, good to see him earn a spot on Canada's roster after, you know, like you said, most of these guys are top draft picks. He's a, what, third-round pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, not expected really to make the team and just works his ass off and gets there. So Yeah, and then I mean, Connor Bedard, man, holy shit. He's insane. <laughs> that guy so, is going to be a star. Every, uh, everything he does is a highlight reel. I hope he doesn't go to Chicago is all I'm going to say. Gross. Like I think it'd be cool if he went to like Anaheim, like him mm-hmm. and Zegris together would be yeah, pretty sweet. God. Absolutely, like, you know Arizona with like him and Cooley, like that could be cool. Um, Columbus does have Columbus has had some pretty strong drafts too. Yeah, Columbus would be a good place. Like there, just I want him to go somewhere that's just he's not going to be wasted. Like I feel like mm-hmm. Chicago, like okay, even if they got Bedard, like they don't have really anything else. Like who their first round they pick last year. They ended up with, I think, Korchinski and then um, Nazar, um, if I recall, yeah. um, mm-hmm. in that draft. And, like, I don't know if any of those guys are, you know, truly going to be, like, elite players like some of these other guys we mentioned are. So we'll yeah. see. But, I mean, I think, you know, the rule changes for, you know, you can't drop so far. I mean, even beyond that, I mean, you have um, Adam Fantilli, 
Um, you have Maffei Michkov. Like, this is going to be, like, yeah. th- the big three at the top of this draft. I mean, I think a lot of these guys would probably first overall picks was another year, but, right. um, you know, going to be really interesting to see, you know, just how bad teams start to tank here, um, probably in ways we really haven't seen before yeah. uh, for this player. Yeah. Right. Uh, you got the, I know he hasn't been mentioned, but, like, I think his name is Leo Carlson, who's also yeah. meant to be, like, a top three, four pick. This is just an insane draft that <laughs> really looking forward to covering. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure Judd Bracket will find a gem at like pick twenty four. Oh, I'm again, sure. So someone will um, follow him. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh is that everyone? Do we Mugren. Oh yeah, Lee Mugren. Um Team Sweden, you know, maybe hasn't made quite the splash maybe would have hoped, but has been seeing consistent top six minutes. I think he started kind of the, the preliminary rounds. Um mm-hmm with Lekker Amaki and Oslin, which I believe was his line um, in Osvenskin, and they broke that up, moved Ugrin, um, and I believe Oslin into the into the top six. Um, been seeing ice time. I think he has a couple goals, a couple points under his belt, so by all means has him disappointing. Um, it's just he's kind of that one player I think I'm still waiting to really start to heat up, and I think we kind of start, started to see that coming into the tournament, so I think uh, you're yeah. really hoping for you know a strong finish of this tournament and then a strong yes. second half to his season as well. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and also remember, he you know he's one of the youngest players on his team mm-hmm. still, at least in uh, hockey. Alex Venskin, uh, still only 18 years old. You know, has another tournament ahead of him. Uh, he'll make. I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, I'm also waiting for him to kind of explode. He's had uh, you know started to heat up in the hockey Alex Venskin league, but uh, you know, looking forward to him. You know, development isn't linear like we've <laughs> been saying. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, you know, it'll maybe take a little bit of time, but I think he's going to be really good. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, transition out of the World Juniors. I believe it's – what are the match? The next round matchups? It's Tomorrow it's Sweden, Czech Republic at one thirty, Canada, U.S. at 5.30. Yeah, so some, you know, can't-miss television um, prior to the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night, so be sure you watch those Wild Prospect on all four teams, so in both games um, should be – awesome awesome tv to watch so um if you can figure out a way to uh to watch that if you can't on hockey.tv um uh, should get you access um uh, <laughs> you didn't hear that from us um <laughs> yeah uh but let's you know let's stick a little bit with prospects still um let's talk a little bit you know about kind of three players in particular so um that we really haven't got to talk about sammy walker much in this show his call up um i believe hap i think it was announced kind of right in our last show. Um, we didn't really get mm-hmm. to talk about his games, his play um, at all. And then we'll also talk a little bit about Adam Beckman as he was recalled. It's a nice little stint up here. Um, and then we can talk a little bit about Marco Rossi as well. Um, Joe Smith did a nice little article update on some of these guys today. So just kind of breaking down that, giving our thoughts weighing in there. But we'll start with Sammy Walker. Um, you know, coveted college free agent coming out of the U, hometown kid. Um you know, I really don't know what, you know, the expectations were, right? We knew this is a guy that was that was fast, a guy that had good, you know, offensive production at the collegiate level, um, had been playing well in Iowa and came in. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing for me, um, even if it necessarily didn't lead to a ton of points, it really seemed to almost spark and jolt Matt Boldy a little bit. Um, it finally yeah. felt like that line. Um, I mean, Freddie Goudreau, I think, now has like six goals in his last eight games or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. He's maybe like point-per-game player over his last ten. Um, and that's about in line with what, when Walker was recalled, I think. Um, you know, not saying he's been the full reason, but it, it felt like it kind of jump-started that line. 
Um, he came in, he, he was flying around. I think he had that breakaway and hit yeah, the crossbar post, I think, in his first game. Um, had a goal called back. Um, I think finally scored his first one on a goalie the other night, got the empty netter. Uh, but just came in. He looked confident. He looked fast. Um, it just injected, like, I think just that little bit of offensive flair that felt like was missing um, and kind mm-hmm. of to jumpstart the secondary scoring for this team. Um, and it, it was just, it was cool to see another, you know, another player come in. We saw it on Mason Schottler this year. Another player come in, you know, look the part and give this team confidence. And, you know, it was, we were at a point where do we got to trade for a top six guy. And all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, now we got to send down Sammy Walker and Adam Beckman. Um, and there's, you know, all that, you know, Marco Rossi's still in Iowa. Like, we have a mm-hmm. full line. Um, who I believe those three were actually all three in a line tonight, Beckman, Walker, um, Rossi um, for Iowa. So you have a whole potential like NHL line there um, in your minor league system, which is just a, you know, a testament to the development of these guys. But just been, it was really good to see for me um, just another guy step in and, and, and look comfortable and you know like he belongs. Well, I mean, I think like you said, uh, that was the key thing. He just looked, uh, like you said, looked comfortable. Uh, didn't really have any doubts or hesitancy or – you know, don't want to pile on Rossi, but that's what they've kind of talked about mm-hmm. is with Rossi. They said they wanted the more, you know, FU in his game. And with Walker and Beckman, you've seen a little more of the, uh, you know, it's not, it's not totally fair, but you've just seen a lot more playing more freely, you know, being hard on pucks and all that. And like you said, with Walker, he's not just been, you know, the fourth line grinder. I mean, as you said, he hasn't scored, but, you know, there's been several times where he's made fancy plays with the puck, you know, doing little toe drags you know, stick handles in the offensive zone, pivoting back and forth. So, you know, it definitely has the skill to keep up out there and potentially produce. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a pleasant surprise, obviously, because, you know, like you said, Brett, he was good in college, but never was dominant even at that level. So didn't really know if he was even an NHLer, but, you know, obviously it, it seems like now he's going to be. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, no, he's he's been great. Uh, just the only unfortunate thing is he had that uh, – his first goal at the goalie net was waved off for the offside the other night against Dallas, which sucked. But like Russo had said to, uh, you know, if he keeps playing like this, he'll play a bunch more games and score a bunch more goals in the NHL. So, uh, you know, he surely seems to have a bright future with the team here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's great to see, like, you know, I've talked to the guy that helps run the bolts prospects page as mm-hmm. you know, Sammy Walker was a lightning player before this um yeah. he kind of told me you know he has a lot of work to do i think he he's just scored, like, by a, the way. like a tweener he's gonna you know probably have an hl career and it you know it's it's great to see him maybe i don't know how he looked before but probably put in the work in the summer and, and come in and make that impact i mean there was i forgot who we were playing but he just he got around like three different players and i don't remember if he got the shot on net but he just looks so comfortable out there like you guys mentioned he's we keep finding not finding, but we have these young guys that keep getting called up and, and making big impacts and, and, you know, honestly making, making it hard for them to make decisions, which is good. He, you know, last year, like we mentioned the Deweys and, and this year it's like Brett said, Mason Shaw and then Sammy Walker makes an impact. And then Beckman comes up, makes an impact when, you know, mm-hmm. all these guys are getting injured and you're kind of like, what the hell is going to happen? And these guys come in and just make it look seamless. It's, you know, kind of a testament to our, how they're getting developed and, um, just the work they're putting in it. It's just awesome to see these young guys do that. And they're doing it at, you know, $850,000 on the salary cap, right. which is obviously more valuable. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. What that imagine doubt. what's going to happen when we're out of cap hell. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> let's go next. For Iowa, by the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, right on cue. 
Um, is that, can we call that reverse jinx? I don't know, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about he wasn't scoring, and now he scored, so um, maybe it worked. Um, let's talk next about Adam Beckman. So, you know, maybe the production wasn't necessarily there in the score sheet, but this is a guy that we've talked about for a couple years now um, as someone, you know, we really need to see how he fits in at the next level because, you know, he had that awesome kind of breakout final year in juniors, almost got on the world junior team, you know, scored player of the year in the WHL for Spokane. Um, it was really awesome, um, but it was all goal scoring, right? And we wondered, you know, does he have all the tools to really stick as a top nine forward? Um, and I think mm-hmm. we saw some growing pains early in Iowa last year. He's looked good in camps. Um, the Wild hyped him up marketing, making him captain of these prospect teams, the prospect camps. Um, but I think what we've seen, um, and I think it was either Rooster or Joe Smith that um, mentioned that this was some Evison brought up, is Evison has really liked how he's kind of rounded out his game and learned to play a little bit more of a bottom six role. And I, I don't necessarily think that's checking by any means. Like, I don't think he's necessarily being more physical, but I just think you see him just playing with more energy, right? Hard on pucks on the mm-hmm. forecheck, playing with speed. Um, you know, when you're out there with Ryan Reeves and Connor Dewar, or Mason Shaw, like, you know, you don't have to be flashy, right? You're playing north-south, getting pucks on net. Um, and I think he's really embraced yeah. that role. Um, you know, he's he's been a guy, I feel like, when he's when he has stepped in, you haven't noticed him. And I think that, and I mean that in a good way. Like, a lot of times you can see his fourth-line guys come in. It's like, oh, that guy turned the puck over. Oh, he got beat. Oh, he's out of position. But I just feel like he's played some sound hockey. And um, it's been great to see him, you know, maybe he can carve out, you know, kind of this bottom six scoring offensive threat. You know, maybe he is a guy that can maybe work on to the second power play somewhere in the future. Um, Cause like I said, he does have that good shot, but I'm um, just another guy that's been really good to see, you know, call up, get these opportunities, look comfortable in those opportunities and continuing to be another option. This team has should, should someone get hurt? Well, yeah, no, I mean, like you said, he's not, even in Iowa, you know, he's had a little bit better start this year with, you know, with eight goals, 15 points in 25 games, but, you know, and I, and obviously he's still young, so that's part of that, but, you know, like you said, the production is, again, isn't necessarily eye-popping for a guy with, you know, his shot and with his, you know, apparent skill ability, but, you know, like, like you mentioned, Brett, about what Evanston has said, that he's just, you know, evidently uh, it evolved or adapted his game you know, where that he's not like in junior where you can rely on just your skill to be better than everybody else. He's done what, you know, guys who can go from scorers to playing that, as I said, bottom six role uh, has been shown that he's able to evolve and he's not just a one-dimensional, you know, offensive player who if he's not, you know, playing 20 minutes a night and getting every opportunity isn't, you know, going to really do much. But obviously now it, uh, you know, he has, he has, can, has more to offer than just scoring goals, which uh, is – you know, really good to see and, uh, you know, should hopefully even get better because I think he's still only like 20 or 21. So. Yeah, he's 21. <clears throat> That's the thing about all these guys. It feels like they older, they're older than they are yeah. and they still have tons of time to develop. It's, uh, you know, maybe there's a method behind the madness of, of Beckman playing with guys like McLeod and Baddock last year, maybe it forced <laughs> him to play more defensively and, and yeah, round out like, his game. Right. We kind of scoffed at that, I think, on yeah. our prospect show. It's like, why are we playing Madam Beckman with these guys? But, you know, trust the process. Yeah, I mean, you know, Judd Brackett, Bill Guerin, yeah. Tim Army, these guys, these guys have a plan. And, you know, we may not always see it right away. You know, we didn't see it with Boldy, and look how that turned out. You know, I think there's you know, still questions in a lot of our heads about, you know, Rossi, who we can talk about briefly next year. But, um, you know, I got to trust the process sometimes. And, you know, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. Justin, that's a, you know, that's a great point about, you know, maybe playing with 
you know, those guys that who are just sandpaper guys, you know, taught him a thing or two. And um, I think, too, you, you hear from, um, you know, Mason Shaw about the support he got from those veteran-type players and just, you know, learning how to be a professional, too. I mean, that's all part of it, too, is, is the mental piece and, you know, feeling supported. So, um, yeah, just another, you know, great piece um, with these young players that we've seen. Yeah. And I, I think the, kind of the final piece that I want to touch on with all of this, and I think this is something we've hammered home on this show in the past, is it's great to see these young guys getting the opportunities, right? I mean, how many times in years past, especially under the Chuck Fletcher regime, did we see, you know, these roll spots, these guys filling in for injuries, being filled in by, you know, these 33-plus-year-old, you know, used-to-be veterans, right? Um, yeah. Blocking these, you know, guys in the minors or, you know, things like that. So, But it's been great to see guys like Shaw, like, you know, like Sammy Walker, like Connor Dewar, like Adam Beckman, um, get these opportunities to fill in these bottom six roles and do it effectively. So um, kudos to, to the wild management group for, for giving these guys the opportunity before, you know, looking to make a trade or claim someone off waivers um, before seeing if you can maybe address that internally. Well, yeah, because like you've, I mean, like you mentioned, they've been playing 11, 12 minutes a night when they've come up here, which is, uh, it, which isn't just jump change. They're not just there to be, you know, to be a body and be guys, which like you said, is, is really good to see. You know, it also helps that uh, we don't have a GM that trades all our draft picks away too that does <laughs> for help. those thirty-three-year-old players. That does help. Um, amazing what having multiple first-round picks in consecutive years will do for you. Um, the final player we can talk very briefly here about is Marco Rossi. Um, has a goal tonight, I believe, up to now four goals, thirteen points. Um, thirteen in, points, thirteen games, I believe. Thirteen in Iowa. games in Iowa this year. Um, I think that's in total, but that would be since he's been sent down. I think. Um, so production's been there. Um, I think there's still, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, adding that fuck you to your game earlier. I think they're still looking for that. Um, if you do, uh, you know, that said, go check out, uh, the clip from Spoke Z, um, uh, uh, on the shift that Rossi scored his goal on tonight, just a beast of a shift on the four check, using his body to get guys out, battling in front of the net to get a stick on it. I think that's, that's the type of goal that's going to make this, um, regime a lot happier, kind of what they're looking for. So, um, we were talking before we jumped on to development isn't linear. This is a kid who's 20 years old, not even legally able to drink yet. Um, missed a whole year of development um, for a very serious health condition. Um, mm-hmm. Got to be patient. Like, I, to stop writing this dude off as a bust. Um, I mean, look at freaking Tage Thompson. We were talking about, Justin and I were talking about this before the show, too. That guy just turned 25 this year. Um, and he, he really didn't break out until he was 24. Same kind of thing. He was a first-round pick. Um, a lot of people in Buffalo kind of wrote him off. Um, you know, part of that maybe could have been, you know, Buffalo was terrible and you didn't really have a lot of support. But, you know, look at how he's coming to his own. Another hat trick tonight. I think he's top, might be leading the NHL or top, for sure, I think, it's top 30, three yeah. in the NHL. He's got 30 goals now on the year and yeah, it is like 36, 37 games. So um, <laughs> am I saying Marco Rossi is going to do that? Not necessarily, but my point is, you know, this takes time, you know. Different guys develop at different paces, different speeds. Um, I mean, we talked about off the hop with some of these other prospects, you know, Kyle Masters or David Spachek or Sir Rick Petrovsky. You know, these guys, some of them are good at young age. Some of them take longer time, so just got to be patient. But, um, you know, it's been encouraging, all that said, to, to see the production coming in Iowa and to see shifts like that and to hear, you know, kind of if you read the quote the quotes from Tim Army, something like he's been doing a lot of the right things, has been really receptive to feedback from the coaches and, you know, he's keeping his head down and, you know, not not looking at this as a punishment, but as a, you know, a chance to continue to grow and develop his game. 
Yeah, I think you know you mentioned the slow development. I you know I think uh, Eck is probably a more comparable situation Absolutely. that obviously we're used to with the Wild in terms of the you know the type of player and his play style and you know with with the offense. I mean, like you said, I think it's bro, it's good thing, good sign that the offense is still coming at the AHL because you know it shows that you know, not only is he good enough for that level, he's you know one of the he's a top player at that level and he obviously has the skill and the talent to be in the NHL but you know uh, like 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 we like you just said like said a bunch of times it, it just takes time so it's not it's not a death sentence for any guy to still be playing in the minor leagues at 21 years old especially in his situation like we've repeated right. a bunch of times so yeah he's got you know like you mentioned he's got the maturity and the drive to to get better and, and to turn into you know like the Eck or the Tage Thompson type uh I'm just reiterating uh, it's, you know, might take them a little bit longer than, than like Matt Boldy who came in and just kind of lit the world on fire with this roster. But uh, yeah, just, just be patient. He's, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, and I don't know if we've had a chance to really dive into this yet. Maybe we did in the last show, um, but transitioning now more into the big club. I want to talk a little bit about Sam Steele. Um, you know, a guy that the Wild, you know, took a flyer on at a pretty cheap one-year deal. Um, you know, much much like it felt like the Wild kind of hit lightning in the bottle last year with Ryan Hartman. Um, we saw what happened. And this team was, you know, what loses Hartman. They try Freddie Goudreau there. Um, you know, I think they tried someone else there too, right, before it was mm-hmm. Steele? Goudreau, right? Did you say that already? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think there was someone else thrown in there too, but yeah. um, I don't remember. Um, anyway, but since Sam Steele has been on that line, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I could probably pull it up, but he's just been so effective. I think we've seen a lot of the same things that made Ryan Hartman successful last year. Hart or uh, Steele doing the same, playing that mm-hmm. north-south game. You know, not looking to make that extra pass, putting the puck on net. Um, I think you know we've seen a couple skill plays where he's entered the zone with possession, got in the forecheck, got pucks around. You know, getting in front of the net. Um, just been great to see. I mean, this is a guy. You know. Awesome in juniors, you know the you know the offensive skill is there. Just couldn't find it in in Anaheim, but um, I think he really you know he was basically put on that line at a point where Evison was you know looking to split apart Matt Zuccarello um, and Kirill Kaprizov kind of right at the beginning of December there, and Matt Zuccarello all of a sudden just finished I believe with a twenty point December, which I think is like yeah. a top five mark in the NHL. Um, you know, quietly there, and you know I think he contributes some of that to the stability that Sam Steele brought to that. Uh, line at even strength and you know, maybe we've seen the second power play unit I think has finally you know chipped in a couple goals here um like mid-December they got their first one of the year um mm-hmm. on a Freddie Goudreau goal I think Steele maybe had picked up an assist on that and Spurgeon maybe it was um <clears throat> but it's just been great to see you know him come in you know and that allows you to get Goudreau with Boldy it allows you to keep the grief squad intact it gives you you know another kind of identity line in the fourth line with with the Deweys and Ryan Reeves um, you know, adding that, you know, that stability that this team was kind of looking for. And, you know, now with Ryan Hartman back allows you to get another, you know, offensive player with the Matt Boldy line. Um, you know, it's just little things. Um, and it's just been a really nice development to see, you know, Sam Steele uh, kind of come into his own here. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think like you said, Brett, the stability is the key because you look at his offensive numbers, you know, six goals, 16 points, you know, 36 games, not, you know, exactly blowing off the page. It's not Ryan Hartman, 34 goals, but like you said, it's, it's just being able to play between those guys consistently and not, you know, not like Gaudreau is necessarily a drag on them, but 
you know, at the very least be able to keep up and, you know, not impede those guys from playing their game and be able to support, you know, the, the high skill. I mean, he had that play in St. Louis the other night, you know, on their wild's first goal by Matt Dumber, you know, where he skate, carried the puck in the zone clean, you know, made a couple of good two or three moves and curled back, you know, on the goal <clears> line <throat> for the pass up to the point, which was really nice. So, yeah, no, I think that's, like like Brett said, that's the biggest thing. Like you said, he's been just been able to be a, not really like you said, stabilizing force the top line and uh, fill in admirably, even if he's not scoring much. But, you know, as, as we know on the top line, he doesn't have to be the, the guy to, you know, to, to do the scoring a lot. He just has to be solid enough his own end uh, and able to move the puck up the ice. And he's done that uh, really well the last month or two here. Yeah, four goals and eight assists of his six and ten since he joined the top line. So, yeah, and a, and a plus eight on top of that too, like keeping that you know that strong two way game um, as well. There was a stretch there where that line just had some insane possession numbers, and um, you know you have to find someone. You know we we see we saw with Goudreau, we saw with Rask. Like you can't just put anyone in between to make it work. You know there has to be something there, and he's fit yeah. well, and uh, you know the production's been there to to back it up too. Yep. And this was a guy that Anaheim was kind of, you know, high on. He kind of got pushed out by players like Zegras and, you know, drafting Mason McTavish and signing uh, Ryan Strom. Um, you know, a, a guy that, you know, like Kaprizov, he's not afraid to play in the dirty areas. And I don't know if you guys mentioned, he's only 24 years old. Uh, so maybe he's coming into his own. Maybe, you know, we're getting the player that Anaheim wanted him to be or thought he could be, but just got pushed down by just, players they've drafted lately um you know it's it's really good to see you know like him and Caprizov will play the dirty area areas of course Zuccarello can distribute just you know three guys that uh you know most nights look like they fit well together just awesome to see that uh you know when we were kind of wondering when you know you guys already mentioned but Ryan Hartman was out uh, who was going to play there and and great to see Mm -hmm. Sam Steele pick, pick that up with that line have a I'm trying to pull up a stat here quick if natural stature will load a little bit faster for me that would be great um but yeah zeke anything else um you want to add all at all about uh sam Steele here before we uh maybe let's move on to our next topic yeah no it, no not much for me i think we got it pretty good that bought me enough time to uh, pull up what I wanted to do. Here. Um, okay, I'll, never mind. Let me figure out something. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm pulling up his game logs here because, according to the NHL app, he has not been a minus player since December 9th. And if we go into Natural Stat Tricks game logs, since December 9th, he has only been on the ice for three even strength goals against. Um, but has outscored or matched um, with, you know, goals of his own. Uh, outscored two to one in one of the games, three uh, one in Ottawa, and then one one the other night in St. Louis. Like, again, we talk about the two way play. Um, you know, most of these games looking like he's controlling on the ice for you know positive Corsi percentage, expected goals percentage. I mean, you know, you can argue a lot of that's maybe driven by Kaprizov and Zuccarello, um, but you know, just good on Sam Steele um, as well. Um, for, for fitting in and, uh, you know, I don't think we'll see that line change, you know, uh, anywhere in the near future. Um, since we last recorded, um, you know, the wild have been playing some really, really good hockey. 
Um, part of that has been, I think, in part, I think we've seen a much better commitment um, defensively by the whole team. But I think the other piece that absolutely cannot be overstated, just how freaking good Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury have played. The goaltending for this team these past mm-hmm. couple weeks has been phenomenal. Uh, I don't have in front of me Fleury's numbers. Um, I He's do... got a 9.45 save percentage over the last five games. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. Philip Gustafson, I believe this should be up to date. Um, there may be one more game in here. Um, mm-hmm. When his last... Uh, so for his last eight games, um, 12 goals against, a 4.5 goal saved above expected, a 929 save percentage, a 1.98 goals against average, um, a high danger save percentage of 80.4% um, with a shutout mixed in there as well. Like those are starter numbers, like top 10 numbers, um, a complete turnaround um from his first six games of the year where he gave up 18 goals, had a negative 2.3 goal save above expected, 901 save percentage, and a 320 goals against, no shutouts in that time frame. I mean, has he gotten maybe some of the quote-unquote easier games? Maybe. You know, he hasn't maybe got the cream of the crop, but I think, you know, when you look at what you need from your backup goalie, it's to be to come in against those, you know, maybe that bottom half teams to step in there make the saves he's supposed to make, give your team the win, right? And I think, you know, we saw last year Capo Kacken really streaky at times, you know, was losing some of those games to, you know, the poor teams in the league. But we haven't seen that with Gus really, you know, got off to a slow start. But, I mean, he has looked so composed. Um, you know, I just love the way he plays. You know, it's the polar opposite of Fleury, which I think we've talked about, just calm, cool, collected, doesn't give out a lot of rebounds, isn't really ever out of position. Um that he's been great, and then you know Flurry too. Um, you know Zeke, as you mentioned, his last was it? You said five games, like a nine forty nine, nine forty nine. Yeah, like forty five, but yeah, right around yeah. there. So phenomenal. Both been great. Like <laughs> it's a you're in a pretty good spot when you can look at either of your goalies and go, "Yep, we're probably going to stop ninety three of the pucks we face tonight." Because that's probably I don't know what the exact number is, but it's probably something around that. Um, over the course of probably pretty much the entire month of December, where these two have just been just been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this was kind of one area that I was worried about to start the season. You know, we trade Talbot for Gustafson. Gustafson was, you know, kind of had a tough season in Ottawa. Again, take that with a grain of salt. Ottawa was not very good. Uh, a little worried about uh, Flurry and, and maybe some, you know, father time showing some signs and uh, kind of wondering where things were going to go. But uh, this has been a nice surprise. You know, the Gus bus keeps just trucking along. Um, yeah, like, I, he, I think he played for the same team as Walstead in the past. I don't know if they were actually on the same team, but you know that could be a, a, a pretty good 1A, 1B in the future if it continues down this road and Walstead conti- continues to develop into the player we think he's going to be. Like, I don't want to not include Flurry, but at some point you know, he'll retire, and then maybe Walstead Gustin will be that uh, 1A, 1B for us. A couple yeah. of Swedes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, I mean, that's a great point because it does – does buy their time, I and mean, we saw that the article from uh, Joe Smith that Brett referenced earlier, where they, you know, talked about Walston all the while, just basically want to overbake him in the minors, and you know, which you know leads you to believe he'll be there through next year, probably barring injuries. So, and, and like you said, Justin, if Gustafson is, you know, doesn't even have to be a starter, but if he's good enough to basically split, and you know, still be at least average or above average, you know, that's a that's a really good coup. In that trade back for Talbot, who you know, in fair in his own right, is still a very solid goalie in Ottawa. But 
you know, to trade a 35 year old for a 24 year old who, you know, probably isn't going to even cost that much when he does need to be resigned and could be with you for, you know, maybe even a few more years, depending on how things go is, uh, yeah, that's, that's, yes, that's a great sign. Uh, you know, cause like you said, even just not advanced numbers, but the 926 14 games is, you know, is, is very good is well above league average. And it's, uh, it's been really, you know, it's been a pleasant surprise. Like you guys said, this brings up another idea in my head. Uh, kind of give trades time <laughs> because we were pissed off about the Grandland mm-hmm. Fiala thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gone, but he was incredible. We we're kind of upset about Talbot being for Gustafson. Works out pretty well. I, I mean, yeah, not that. every trade is going to work out, but uh, I think you just got to see things out, see things through, and, and mm-hmm. see how they turn out. Like It's been great. Yeah, I think my favorite thing is I, I I had brought up that, like, hey, like look how good Philip Gustafson is doing, and you were all mad when they traded Talbot for him. Like, and they're like, well, Talbot's having a good year, too. And I'm like, yeah, they have very comparable numbers, and Philip Gustafson is, like, $3 million cheaper. <laughs> like, Ten years younger. And, and that is, like, I think you could probably go back to a reaction show, and I think I said almost verbatim, as I said, they basically just got the same goalie for a lot cheaper and a lot younger. Um, and that's proved true. And, you know, I think he's earned – if I were Bill Guerin, I would be looking, you know, starting to talk extension with this guy. Um, I'll say this and I'll continue to say it. Goaltending is voodoo. Um, <laughs> was it uh, Cal Peterson, I think, for the Kings this year? Was, like, put on waivers after getting a, you know, pretty yeah. meaty contract extension because he fell apart. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen Marc-Andre Fleury, like, just last year. He goes from a Vesna winner to a, you know, kind of a league average goalie, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. hard to be consistent at the goaltending position, not only game in, game out, but season to season even more so. Um, there's studies that back that up. But all that said, I think Philip Gustafson has shown me enough where I don't have any reason to think that they shouldn't re-sign this kid. Um, I was like, well, what about Wallstedt? And, you know, he could back up next year. And then I'm like, okay, sure, he could. But what do you do, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be 40 when this next contract's up, and then are you going back into free agency? And at that point, now you have to decide, okay, where are we at with Wallstead? Do we need a starter? How much do we want to pay a starter? They'll still be in the cap crunch at that time. If it were me, I'm, I'm looking to probably extend Philip Gopsison three, maybe four years. Um, no, Zeke, I think you mentioned it. He's 24 years old, still a young kid. Um, you know, goaltenders tend to you know, kind of more hit their stride probably from that 25 to 30 range. Um, so just kind of mm-hmm. entering in that sweet spot, you know, what should be his sweet spot. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know what his qualifying offer is, but if you could lock him in, you know, two and a half, three and a half million, three, four years, I think I would probably do that. And I think, you know, he'd probably take that too. Um, yeah. uh, RFA, I believe. So the wild do control those rights as well, which also, you know, kind of plays in their favor there as well. So, um, you know, it, it's been a lot of teams have struggled with goaltending a little bit this year, and you know, the while out of the gate, you know, we were sounding panic alarms after those first three, four games, and you know, those seem like a distant memory now with with the way they're playing. Like, imagine telling Wild fans after those first four games, like, hey, the month of December they're gonna have one of the best goaltending tandems in the league. You probably would have laughed you out of the room. We were starting to look at like, who could we trade for, and now it's like, yeah, patience, trust process. I mean, I mean, I think you know we've talked about how scoring the last few years has been up really a lot. Like it seems like every decent player is scoring at a point per game clip. And, you know, that's been, I, I can't remember what it was or, you know, seen it a few times how goaltending overall, like you said, Brett has been just gone down the last few years. I mean, I think the league average save percentage is like 904, 903, which, you know, normally you would, you know, is not bad, but, you know, even this year that, 
if you, if you, you know, it's just overall on a whole up and down. And like you said, to be on the other side going up is obviously very good and, you know, really kind of helped the Wild struggle through the first, you know, month and a half of the season where they were kind of having a tough time scoring goals. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next that we can talk about, there was so many games. I mean, usually we would do kind of a, a game-by-game yeah. recap, but there were so many games. We need an entire podcast to do that, um, and those games are, you know, more or less distant memories at this point. Um, but the game most recent, uh, you know, overall was a pretty good one. Um, the Wild go into St. Louis on New Year's Eve to round out 2022, um, a building they've historically been dreadful in. Um, and they come in there, and they, um, as I predicted, um, come out with a five to two win over the Blues. Um, you know, kind of, I think it was all, all five goals. I think maybe at five on five in that one. Um, four of them at five on five, and I think they got an empty netter um, from Greenway. Um, but you know, didn't have to lean on the power play that game. Go in to beat a division rival, um, a team that's absolutely reeling this year. Granted, you know, St. Louis is not, you know been up to par met their expectations um mm-hmm. you know i think that that loss of Vili Huso and that secondary goaltending has hurt them more than they thought because jordan bennington's a head case and he sucks at hockey it's great to see the <laughs> wild light him up and capitalize on his stupid mistakes um but all that said you know i think it's you know even when a team like that is struggling i think to go in and you know kind of exercise that demon you know get that out of your head and like kind of get in that headspace like hey you know we're a good team we can beat these teams you know because that stuff, I think, regardless of what the players, coaches say, like that, they're thinking about that stuff. I think you even heard Fleury say it. You know, I think he uh, said in the post game, you know, it doesn't erase what happened last year, um, you know, in the playoffs, but it, it felt really good to to come in and beat that team. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not the team of the past. You see, Tarasenko and O'Reilly just got put on IR, so you know they're probably going to reel even more with that. But uh, like you mentioned, it was good to see them come in and beat a team that's kind of maybe been in their heads the past few seasons kind of owned us uh, not just in the playoffs but in a lot of the regular season games um i mean just confidence builder uh, a division rival you know these you know we got a ton of division games and you know these are points that are really gonna uh, matter uh, especially with how close the division is uh, you know not much to add but uh, it was great to see them kind of whoop on st louis a bit Especially well, yeah. to bounce back after, you know, a tough a tough game before in Dallas where they pretty much yeah, got yeah. locked all over. Very true. I mean, yeah, no, it was the same thing. I mean, you, even, you know, in St. Louis, they scored early, they took a one nothing lead, you know. I mean, it's one nothing four minutes in, but, you know, as a fan, naturally go, uh-oh, here we go again. Right. You know, it's not going to be – and even when, you know, they're up by two, you know, I mean, that you know that was the one thing about their games against St. Louis the past few years. They have gotten beaten, yes, but from my memory at least – you know, especially last year, there was like several overtimes and a lot of them really close. So just seemed to, you know, an inability to really just finish the job and kind of, you know, put the game out of reach. And, you know, obviously last night you could see, or not last night, but a couple nights ago, you, you could see St. Louis frustrating. Like Russo was saying from the press box, you can see a lot of guys, you know, slamming their sticks on the boards a lot getting, you know, angry on the bench, just frustrated. And athletes uh, due to the wild, did a really good job. Uh, defending them uh, and not allowing you know them really any chance to get back into the game once uh, Spurge scored there early in the third to make it a two-goal lead. So, yeah, no, a really huge win uh, to get two points on the road against division rival, like Justin said, is great anytime you can do it. 
Yeah, and I think my other big takeaway from that game was one, just the the lack of you know no quit in the team, or you know, the, not the lack of the, the no quit that was in the team. I think you saw you yeah. saw you know St. Louis ties the game two two, and twelve seconds later, Ryan Hartman you know buries a puck in the back of net, puts the Wild right back in the lead. Like I think Zeke, like you talked about, I think in the past you that happens. You're going, oh, here we go. They tied the game. Here comes momentum shift. Now they're going to be chasing, and Hartman gets that one back. Um, and I think just in the way they get it back too, right? You know, it's it's a turnover mm-hmm. by Bennington. Hartman just ready on his toes, reads the play, puts in an empty net basically. But I think, you know, how many times it felt in the past, like, you know, this wild team doesn't capitalize on those, you know, opportunities or, you know, beginning of the season when they got that really bad puck luck, you know, where that puck hits a post or, you know, gets deflected off of a skater, the, the toe of a stick at the last second. And, you know, it just it's this hard work, this grinding it out. I think you're seeing so much of this team mentality as well. You know, this team bonding, you know, all these guys. We've heard it from Reeves talking about, you know, this is a guy that's been in a lot of locker rooms, a lot of, you know, successful teams, successful locker rooms. Um, you know, he's just, he's a pretty seasoned vet. Um, and he's, you know, talked about how much he's enjoyed being in this locker room, the culture it's been created too. And I think, you know, you can look at, you know, how these rookies come in and make an impact too. I think it's, you know, these guys coming in and, the, you know, the, the veterans not looking as, oh, shit, here's a rookie coming to take my spot. I think they're looking. Oh shit! We got a rookie coming in here. Sweet, you know, it's another guy that that we can encourage, build, and, and make our team better. So, um, it's just all those little things that um, really seem to add up and, and really, you know, kind of contribute to what was a really strong December. Um, you know, that's now vaulted this team into relatively comfortable playoff spot. Currently sitting third in the um, Central Division, uh, three points clear actually of the Colorado Avalanche. Same amount of games played. Um, they are then after the Avalanche, that would be five points clear of the Blues with two games in hand, um, mm-hmm. five points behind the Jets, um, two games in hand, and then eight points behind the Stars, but still with two games in hand. So of all the playoff teams currently in the West, um, aside from Seattle, um, they have the fewest games played um, and have the one, two, three, fifth most points. So they're in a great spot right now, um, you know, a, a, a somewhat tricky schedule coming up. Um, Tampa Bay on home ice tomorrow, a much improved Buffalo Sabres team on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they get the Blues back at home on Sunday, uh, second night of a back-to-back, um, then get the two Rangers teams, great goaltending there back-to-back, um, and then, you know, a little, and then a, maybe a freebie with Arizona, and then you get Washington, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, um, and then round it out with Philadelphia and Buffalo. So a lot of, you know, Eastern Conference matchups this month, one, two, three, four. Nine, <laughs> nine of the eleven against the Eastern Conference. So, um, you know, going to be an important stretch for them here. Yeah. We'll be right back. No, absolutely. Just uh, beep.
completely lost track of the time. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I thought a little notification. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw it, and then I was like, all right. It was like in the back of my mind, and then I just got on the rant. So. Forgot. Well, Zeke, I think you were about to chime in if you still want to. Uh, or talk about the schedule. Oh, okay. But no, yeah, I was just like I was just saying, you know, obviously with coming out uh, with that loss against Dallas after the you know few day break for the holidays, you don't didn't want that to become a trend, you know, or was, you know because it was not you know not great at home, getting kind of you know handled pretty well by the best team in your division right now, you know, just take, okay, let's not make this into stretch of games, even for two, three or four, let's, you know, just get right back on the hop, you know, with the win in St. Louis was great. So, you know, just obviously look to, you know, keep that going and, uh, you know, keep winning, you know, at the very least keep winning two every three games. Uh, just, you know, just like we talked about earlier, just be consistent with it. You're going to lose games, but uh, as long as you're winning more games, then uh, you're losing. You should, they should be fine. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing for me that's been successful for them. You know, we've seen them, you know, have a really good stretch of games here, but it feels like, you know, the difference between this stretch to, you know, kind of the the up and down beginning of the season, it feels like they're bouncing back from losses much better. Um, It doesn't really feel like there's been, you know, poor play carrying over necessarily from game to game. Um, you know, kind of like we saw in the beginning of the year, you know, they're, they're putting that stuff behind them, moving on new game, new opponent. So, um, should be a good test tomorrow night, uh, 8.30 p.m. puck drop, local time here. Um, for some Ouch. reason, I, are we, oh, it's a so TNT, TNT game. Yeah, it's a TNT game, that's why. So we have to wait for the Devils and Red Wings to play first. Um, 9.30 p.m. start in Dallas. Welcome to the life of the wild playing in the Pacific to the East Coast fans. Um, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, you know, not the uh, not the juggernaut that they've been, you know, these past couple seasons, still having a great year. 23-11-1, um, a plus 24 goal differential, 47 points on the year um, in 35 games. So, you know, relatively similar numbers to the Wild. Um, Braden Point leading their team um, this year in goals, 21. Um, Kucherov, 53 points. He's right back where he, you know, left off. So still a talented club. I think they're pretty healthy, um, if I do recall. Um, and then I'm going to look at their schedule here quick to see how they're playing. Um, <clears throat> they are currently riding a three-game winning streak with wins over the Canadians, Rangers, and Coyotes, and are currently playing the Blackhawks and are beating them three to one. So could be coming in, you know, it'll be on the second night of a back-to-back, um, you know, which could play in the Wilds' favor, having now had, was it two, three days off? Who's in that for them tonight? Um, let's hope it's Vasilevsky. <clears throat> but I would guess it's probably not. Oh, he'll probably save him for us. It is Brian Elliott. That guy is still in the league <laughs> at 37. Mm. Yeah, so they'll get Vasilevsky tomorrow. So it'll be a good test. Um you know, but hopefully can take they've, advantage they've had of the... success against him before in the past, yeah. though, so yeah. it's, it's not impossible. To right. Should be a good one, no doubt. Um, Absolutely. I don't know. I think that uh, we hit on a lot. Um, is there anything else you guys have? I guess we'll kind of move this to the, uh, the final mm-hmm. thoughts portion of the show, but I think we pretty much hit on all of our intended targets there from, from the pre-show. So anything else uh, you guys want to hit on here before we uh, wrap things up? Um, you know, I guess just my last kind of thing is, you know, we always 
you know, talking about, uh, it was kind of on the timeline on Twitter, wild Twitter last night, but it's been a trend the last couple of weeks that, you know, Jared Spurgeon, the, the captain has been very good recently, you know, has been picking up in the points department, has had a few kind of two point games yeah, to score a little bit more. Six points been... in his last eight, three of those are goals. I believe. Yeah. Sounds right. But I mean, obviously he's been, you know, rock strong defensively in his own zone. You know, making great poke plays to get back and odd man rushes and all that. And listeners like, of this podcast know that's nothing new. Oh yeah, that's no, just no, Jerry's Bird. Like now, it's just the points are coming with no. all that other stuff. Nothing new. Um, if you listen to this Plus podcast, you know, you know how good Jared Bird is. Educated. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. No, but that's great to see too. I think because um, you know when that when Spurgeon and Middleton are going, you know you can exploit matchups with them a little bit um you know take some of that pressure off Brodeen and Dumba you know roll a little bit more of you know Addison Merrill out there um we've seen you know I think it's it's been I think Dumba and Brodeen have played still a little bit more of the minutes in total but it's been I think pretty close to to those two pairs getting equal time and then Addison Merrill usually in that like 14 to 16 minute range I think so oh uh, yeah been nice to see you know mm-hmm. Spurgeon silence the haters and show the world that yes he is still very freaking good at hockey as he always has been. So, Justin, any uh, any final thoughts from you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to tomorrow. Actually, the next couple of days, really, uh, with the World Juniors basically having hockey all day again. One thirty, Sweden and Czech Republic play at Ugrin against Spacek. Five thirty, Canada U.S. Bank here in Peart. Uh, Thursday should be the championship rounds, 1.30, 5.30 games to be determined. And then, uh, of course, the Wild play at 8.30. So, uh, you know, really just uh, I'm off tomorrow hoping, you know, I got the kids, nice. but hoping I can catch some of these games. Uh, might have to use <coughs> on hockey.tv. Uh, <laughs> again, you didn't hear that here. Probably heard it from the grapevine somewhere else. Um, but, no, I'm just really looking forward to um, seeing these young guys play and then uh, the Wild playing the Lightning at night. So, uh, fun-filled day of hockey tomorrow hopefully yeah so no excuses if uh you're missing hockey you get you know tons of tons of good hockey tomorrow uh my final thought will be this um you know not a not a football podcast but obviously you want to send our best to oh, uh nice. demar hamlin of the buffalo bills scary situation um last night um you know we we see you know horrific injuries um happen in in sports but you know very few have been quite on that magnitude so uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like, you know, still in a critical condition trying, you know, on oxygen, but I uh, want to wish him our best and understand that's, you know, still one of the big, uh, the big, the big stories in sports right now as it should be. And we don't want to, to gloss over that and you just pretend like it's not happening. So all right. our best uh, to DeMar Hamlin, his family, his health, and uh, hoping that we get some positive news here in, you know, the next, next day or next couple days here. So uh, amazing that his uh, toy drive, the money yeah, raised that's up five million dollars but Very also cool. like i you know on the amount of that that probably came from bills fans i would not doubt if it's half it that fan base right. is so passionate and yeah. like they, they're psychotic but in a good way like they are right. diehards but like i've never heard of you know you very very rarely hear anything bad about bills fans like oh, these mm-hmm. people are crazy but they're you know they're pretty nice folks so all the best to him and uh hopefully we we get some good news on that uh here in the coming days yep but, uh yeah, that'll do it uh, for our show here. So, Justin, why don't you uh, provide everyone with a quick reminder of where they can find you and all of your work? 
Uh, you can find me at DE's2004. You can find me at CapriceFC with the CapriceF Countdown. You can find me at MNW Prospects with the bracket approved MNW Young Guns. <laughs> Zeke. Yeah, no, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Zeke Boyat with capital Z, capital B. Yeah, you know, that's where I talk about hockey, but everything else, if you want to connect with me, uh, et cetera, or anything like that, uh, you can find me there. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account as well uh, at Sound the Foghorn, all one word, both on Twitter and Instagram. Wild and Lightning coming your way tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. for Minnesota Wild Prospects in action in the semifinals of the World Juniors. And then the Wild will be back in action again on Saturday against the Sabres, uh, Sunday against the Blues, Tuesday against the Rangers, and we will hopefully be back with you Wednesday the 11th, so in your feeds by the 12th. So until then, this has been another episode of 